You're listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein in glorious CG. With me, as always, is... The left arm of Sully from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> you know, I did that joke on the website, and I don't think anyone noticed. I, I mentioned Monsters, Inc. in like one of the Pixar articles I wrote, and I used a, a, a picture from uh, Monsters, Inc., like a screenshot from like the yeah. movie, but I purposely cropped it's only like the tiny part of Mike Sully's head <laughs> shows up, because you gotta do the joke. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you see me on TV? <laughs> oh my god, look at that! I'm on TV! <laughs> I watch that movie a lot. Well, yeah, again, you have children. No, for school. Oh, because the kids like to watch it too? No, I teach uh, business, so... That, that seems that, tenuous at best. That movie is perfect to capture corporate responsibility and business ethics. I guess. Also, it has monsters and a cute kid. I mean, whatever <laughs> teaches people business ethics. Do I have a packet to go along with? Yes, I am that teacher. Wow, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have a pop quiz about this. I want you guys to we do. Oh, God. <laughs> the pop quiz was Draw Me a Monster. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, high everyone drew Jeff Bezos. Uh, one of them drew a very nice picture of me uh, turning into some sort of a weird anime monster. That was not the way so, I expected that to go. I was like, it drew a very nice picture of me filleting a... <laughs> no, for the most part, there were a couple that were a little uh, gory, but one of them had me turning into a werewolf, which I had to find, I'll have to find them. I mean, that's that's right world. up your wheelhouse, that is true. They asked me, they were like, what's your favorite monster? I was like, a werewolf, and they're like, alright, bet. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I should. <laughs> Next time they ask. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Ultimate monster. Just just wait and see what they say. <laughs> uh, how do we call Jeff Bezos? Well, he's not a monster. Yes, he is. The, if you don't know that, you need to take this class again. <laughs> <laughs> Were you not paying attention during Monsters, Inc.? Corporate responsibility and business ethics? Anyway, this this week we are talking about, not Jeff Bezos, but actually... That was last week. Yeah, Pixar. Uh for a number of reasons, but the big news that's out right now is the fact that their most recent theatrical release, which is their first one in like three years because of COVID, um, Lightyear, kind of bombed. Like a little bit. Like not terribly, terribly. Like it. I don't know how much they spent on it. It might recoup a profit after domestic and international sales are over with, but like it's a profit by the meagerest of margins and definitely not what Disney would want from their powerhouse animation studio. Yeah, well, like I, I like toy story enough. Yeah. It's not my favorite Pixar film, Uh huh. but as much as I don't like Tim Allen, yeah, not having Tim Allen be Buzz Lightyear's voice is weird. I don't have an issue with it. I, I think, especially if they would have done the approach. Now, I think part of the reason why the movie failed is it has a very strange hook to it, which is this is the movie based on the character that Andy really likes. Yes. So, I mean, that's how it's supposed to be pitched in in universe. Mm -hmm. But if this was the movie that Andy liked that made him really like Buzz Lightyear, that character needs to be voiced by Tim Allen. Yes. Like that's in continuity who it should be. Yep. If the movie was based on, if it was a movie that actually documented the life of the superhero or the life of the astronaut that then fueled the franchise afterwards, like yeah. a bi biography that then took a lot of liberties and became Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Um, then that would be different. You could do that, but then you'd need to actually change it more and change the aesthetic. Cause the aesthetic is still, this is a toy product 
with based on this movie, like with his dumb toy like like astronaut suit yeah. and everything. Like they needed to take the idea further and do more with the sci-fi concept of it and for so, it to actually yeah. work. Yeah. And that's the my thing too. And plus they had uh <laughs> well, I forget what it was called, like Buzz Lightyear and Space Command or something. They had that yeah, that TV, TV show. show. Yeah, the little cartoon. Yeah. And that seems to like overlap and yeah, yeah it doesn't. Yeah, it's it was just a bizarre pick for a Pixar movie. Like Yeah. Like I don't hate it's them for trying, but I would have rather personally seen like something that already had established like Woody's TV show, like a yeah, or maybe like since Woody was in the past, that like a cool. like a, an actual cowboy that Woody was based on. Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that that was more like a modernized. You know, they they kind of tongue in cheek, so like this is a remake of the 1950s puppet show. Yeah, in 2022, you know, but like a there's so many space movies out. Now, like, if, if they were going to do that with, like, a reboot of the thing, they needed to not do it in CGI. They needed to literally do it like Thunderbirds, like yes, puppetry. Yes, yeah. That'd be dope. That on the big screen for, like, $50 million, that would be the most <laughs> amazing thing. That'd be the best puppet show ever. <laughs> right up there with Team America. They own the Henson, like... Yeah, right. They could have done a Muppet version. Yeah. yeah. But been I, easy. I don't know what their problem is. Good. That's good synergy right there, Disney. Right. Come on. But... <laughs> Yeah, like I don't now conceptually, it's just confused, and it's yeah. like it doesn't. It's it's both far out there enough that it doesn't fit in Toy Story, but not far out there enough that it actually makes good use of the IP in this new way. Right. Yeah, and and I think a part of it too was, of course, the stupid politiz- polit- politization. Politi- I don't know. Like, okay, so but... like I talked to Pop about a few of these things, but the one thing I didn't care about. And maybe it's just me. Was the fact that there's a, a whatever brief lesbian kiss in the movie, like, like whatever. Who cares? Like, I don't care personally. Yeah, I don't. But it's like the movie theaters are like, oh, we're going to try to fast forward this twelve second scene. Some people did that. Yeah, and uh, I think it was Arizona or it has somewhere to be like Arkansas, because Arizona's not that red. It was. Uh, it went viral, but I can't remember which movie theater it was. Uh, that's but, dumb. It was like they had like we. You draw this. more attention to it, like right? Barbara Streisand effect for that. Plus, like for all the parents that are sitting there, like we're not going to watch this because of the lesbian kiss in here. Uh, your kids are going to make you watch it. I don't know, like how like how most parents work, but like because I'm not one. But yeah. all I know about parents is that your kid wants to do something, uh, yeah. and if you have no good reason for them not to, which a lesbian kiss is not going to be something they understand. No. Uh, they're going to tantrum until they finally get it. Yeah. Unless you're like a Flanders type person where you don't let them watch <laughs> anything, anything. But like, then they're not watching Toy Story and Disney. At exactly. This point anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Uh, it wasn't it Toy Story one where <laughs> Bo Peep takes her staff and pulls Woody over and starts yeah. kissing him a bunch. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a lot in there already. Like, yeah. you, like if you're that kind of parent, the only thing your kids have ever watched is veggie tales. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, that's a little risky. <laughs> So it's Risky. less ra- it's less racy than a uh, Sesame Street. So that's true. Yeah. You know, that's you know true. what Elmo gets up to with that rock. <laughs> we all yeah. do. Yeah, we know the truth. Grover <laughs> living in a uh, garbage can. We that's know what's up. no, that's Oscar. Oscar. Did I say Grover? Yeah, you did say Grover. God, that's... how do you not? You have children. How do you not know your Sesame Street? We watch Sesame Street. Bro. <laughs> it was, it was like, we watch a lot of Spider Man, Pokemon. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so, like, it, I feel like all the weird criticisms they're coming up with, oh, the lesbian sequence or whatever, I think it's more about the fact that the particular concept they came up with isn't great. Yeah. And then there's the simple fact that, and this is a broader subject to discuss, Pixar has kind of gotten screwed over the last couple years. 
Yeah, because COVID happened. COVID happened. Yeah. So and where Disney was willing to sit on some of their live action movies like uh, Black Widow mm-hmm. and keep those for the theater. They were unwilling to do that with Pixar. We're yeah. just shoving out, and they weren't even making premium movies. They were just shoving Pixar movies out. Yeah, because what was it? For Onward. Free. On, well, Onward got a quick theatrical release right yeah. before COVID hit, but then Soul and that Turning one, Red. Turning Red, and then there was one in the What's... middle about uh, Luca, Luca. Oh, Luca, Luca. Yeah, which I didn't even watch because it looked ass. Luca wasn't bad. It was. I, I was hesitant to watch it, but it wasn't. Well, it's not in my top five by any means. I mean, but if I'm being honest, I didn't watch Soul either, despite Trent Reznor working on the music for that. Soul was surprisingly good. Okay, I did see Turning Red. That one, that one caught my attention, and I watched that one. That was actually really good. Yeah. Like, so, but here's the thing. Like, and I think this is a problem I've had with Pixar for a while now. Most of their movies don't feel like theatrical releases. No, they're, they're made for TV. They're, they're well, I mean, they're good. They're very good. They're definitely solid enough that they're the quality of them is worth the theatrical. But like at this point, and we've touched upon this before, with home theaters being as good as they are, mm-hmm. you need an epic story to watch. And I think Lightyear had the idea that it could be an epic story, but it's the wrong one. But like most of the movies that they put out now, I'm like, I'd rather just watch that on Disney Plus when it comes out, whether I have yeah. to pay premium price or for Pixar, yeah. don't have to pay at all because they don't charge that much. Yeah. Raya and the Last Dragon cost extra money to watch it. Mm-hmm. Pixar movies do not, which shows Disney doesn't even value the brand at this point. Which is bizarre to me too. Yeah. But yeah, because yeah, you're right. Yep. But I think part of like kind of switching gears a little bit, but not but part of the problem with Lightyear too is I'm kind of burnt out on space stuff. Like just space <laughs> epics. Like I love space operas and Star Trek and whatnot, but it's just like how much how many times do you say the same story over it has over. to have a good hook and the trailer yeah. for it didn't have a good hook mm-hmm. i will watch the continue watching the shit out of star trek i mean strange well, new worlds yeah. is so good oh my god so good well, there's a very rich history but yeah, yeah it's called I, captain pike captain pike <laughs> and his merry band of starfleet officers they're so good i love it so much but like i mean I, i'm not gonna disagree but i don't think it's like a specific genre i think it's just in general if a trailer seems meh in any way, shape, or form, even for a superhero film, I have no desire to watch it no, in theaters. I'm like, too I'm, much stuff now. Yeah, well, and everything goes to a streaming service in 45 days. Yeah. Why even bother? The Batman looked meh to me, so I just waited for HBO Max to get it. Yeah, and well, that's part of the issue, too, is that, like, in film school, one of the first things they teach you to do is, in film editing, is how to cut a trailer. Yeah. Cutting a trailer is difficult. Yeah. But if you have a good movie, it makes it easier yeah. and, you know, to give you a little tease. You telling me that like Disney and H and Warner Brothers can't hire an editor to make a movie look watchable, especially with right. three hours of content? Right. I like, mean, Warner Brothers clearly can because they made Wonder Woman eighty eight look fantastic when that movie was ass. Right. <laughs> like I want to see that movie for over a year because the trailer was so good, and then it was not. Yeah, and with a show like Lightyear. What, what attracts me to Pixar movies are usually, like, it talks about existential ideas, like Soul talked about um, reincarnation and yeah. your purpose in life. Inside Out talked about, you know, emotions, and yeah. Coco talked about the afterlife and fam- family acceptance and yada, yada, yada. But, like, Lightyear, like, there's no purpose other yeah. than, like, it, it has the hero's journey super formulated. Yeah. Like, you watch the trailer... You already know Buzz is going to win. 
There's mm-hmm. no risk. There's mm-hmm. hardly any reward. So why watch? Like I watched the trailer. That was good enough. Uh-huh. Well, and I think this also is the fact that Pixar, because of the fact that they're owned entirely by Disney, they have to, they get to do things that Disney's characters don't do to mm-hmm. an extent, but not enough because they, the Pixar apparently always has to fight Disney for any content they want to put in. Yep. But they also struggle to be looked at as the premium brand when Disney is doing CGI movies as well. Back when Disney was doing hand-drawn and Pixar was yeah. doing CGI, they were different. Yeah. But like Encanto is a movie I would have expected from Pixar exactly. and it came out of Disney. Yeah. Yeah. And funny thing about that was for the longest time, I thought Luca was the Disney movie and Encanto was, it seems like it was a Pixar movie, but they were flip flopped. So I wonder if that's where all the good talent is going. I mean, I, I like, I know John Lasseter doesn't work there anymore, but when like the company was bought, bought in completely, uh, John Lasseter was put in charge of both groups like yeah. as an advisor. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if he stacked the Disney side with a lot of people before he got fired. Yeah. Um, and so the Disney side has just been maturing where the Pixar side that used to have him around as their guide is floundering because he's not there anymore. Yeah. Well, and also all of the good technological leaps forward and animation came from Pixar. Yeah. But if Disney has all that technology, why would they give do under the Pixar brand? Yeah, right. Like they were doing under the Disney brand. Yeah, most of the Disney big CG movies that look pretty and astounding are coming from Disney now. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of basic question: What's the purpose of Pixar now? There really isn't one. I think that's the yeah. point. Like, it, I don't want to scream the death knell for them, but no, like, I don't think that's. But like, they're basically the second string CGI studio now. Yeah. Yeah. Because DreamWorks doesn't exist anymore. No. I mean, DreamWorks animation war exists, but, but it's owned by someone else. I'm not even sure it still has the name DreamWorks attached to it. I'm not sure. I know that there was that new CGI film, uh, The Bad Guys or Bad Guys or something. Wasn't that Sony? I, th- I can't remember who I does it. I can't that. keep track. All I know is that there's a studio that keeps doing Minion movies and they must be destroyed. Who does the Minion? Illumination. Imagineering. Illumination. Illumination. Yeah, they're the ones that are also doing the Chris Pratt Mario movie. Yeah. Yeah, which that gives me no hope. I don't know if you guys could hear my eye roll over the microphone. <laughs> it visibly rumbled. <laughs> kind of like the first Despicable Me, though. Watch it, because no. Yeah, yeah. I have kids, so it's... Wait, the, like, I liked Turning Red. Turning Red was a good movie. Sure. That's the first Pixar movie I've cared about in a decade. Oh, wow. Like Not even Coco? No. <gasps> I'm sorry, I have no heart. You know that. Yes, right. That, oh, look, it's emotional. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Although my favorite movie, and I don't know if I told you this, I'm sure I have, but maybe not the listeners, my favorite movie anecdote of going to a theater, we went to see Coco when it came yep. out with Catherine, and uh, there was like a frat boy looking guy, like two seats next to me on a date with his girlfriend, and at the end of the movie, when it's super emotional, I just hear a... <laughs> Like that, yeah. And like the, and I was like, "What is that?" And then the girl goes, "Babe, are you crying?" He goes, it's just so fucking beautiful, and it doesn't looks over at me, and I'm like, "Uh, so good." It's like that dude's getting some tonight. Yeah, he is. He's shown he has a heart. Yeah. I'm the opposite. Like, if you can't imagine Doria Morgendorfer <laughs> watching something, then I won't watch it. Okay. That's fair. I've seen I've seen the movie too. It's true. <laughs> and now on Six Sad World. <laughs> Six Sad World. 
I wish that was a real show. I would watch that show. Like, yeah, no, but that's entirely it. Oh, there's emotional stuff in here. Can we get back to the violence? Because I'm way more interested. <laughs> Two <in that>. skeletons <laughs> 30 seconds ago. <laughs> Where's my gore? Come on. <laughs> now, see, if Coco had been like live action and with real human skeletons, I probably would have been more invested. Like a Ray Harry. Yeah, uh, Ray uh, Harry Housen. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Where's Pixar when you need that, right? They need to get that studio. I want some stop animation. Stop motion. Stop motion. Turning red, but, you know, she actually becomes a giant, violent red panda. (laughs) Like, Like, literally. Like, literally, like, and then goes on a terrorizing rampage. That would be amazing. So... A kaiju movie. Yes, it would be a kaiju movie. I mean, especially with, like, the ones that you see at the end of the movie. Spoiler. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Big rubber suits. Uh huh. God, I mean, if they would just commit to that, I gotta tell you, like live action, stop motion, big rubber suits, bad puppetry. If that would be the direction Pixar would go, I would be one hundred percent on board because at least it would be different from Disney's main animation. Yeah. It would be something. And I think that. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of the stuff coming out now is just stagnant. Yeah, they haven't. Well, I mean, a lot of the things that they're coming up with, they, they do come up with fresh ideas, but it's like, you know, it's turning red. It gets released onto Disney+. Plus. Yeah. The movies that people seem to, like, talk about and care about from Pixar are mostly sequels. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like Toy Story 4, I Monsters University, yet. and then the Monsters, Inc. TV show. Like, okay, and then fair, in fairness, this wasn't Pixar, but it should have been a Pixar Baymax, the oh, show off of, yeah. like, that wasn't no. That was a Disney movie. That was Disney. No, it was Disney. That was Disney. Wow, that felt like a Pixar movie. See that's what I'm saying? When it started, I yeah, think. it's from around yeah. the time. Yeah. Huh. All right, Big so. Hero Six. <laughs> Applause. Yeah, good, good job Disney, <laughs> not Pixar. Well, it's because uh, it's Marvel technically. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Which they need to do a crossover in the Marvel U with that one. Yeah. But I mean, it exists in the multiverse. I'm sure they will at some point. Good. Doctor Strange will travel there. And <laughs> Baymax is just. <laughs> I'm waving. You can't see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, turning red. I guess we can watch party that. Yeah, it was cute. I, I liked it. it. I liked yeah. it for what it is. I so it's a personal story for the Korean director who writer yeah. director who made it. Yeah, my totally. daughter loves it. Yeah. She's target audience exactly, Korean. I'm, little girl. I think the biggest issue, and I think this is going to be a weird issue to have with it. It's not really an issue, but it's just something is. So it's a cultural thing with Koreans, and mm-hmm. you see it with the Pakistanis because Ms. Marvel's touching upon the same thing. Yeah. And it's a Jewish thing as well with the overbearing mother. Yeah. But it's it's a racial trope that a lot of shows buy into. And when you see it over and over and over again, as much as it is true for the cultural perspective you're getting, yeah. it's starting to not feel like a fresh story idea. Yes. Yes. It's Gr- the same, same thing. Yeah. yeah. Girl grows up with an overbearing mother who controls her schooling and her life and everything else. I get you want to become a rampaging monster to get away from that. It works in the context. But I've seen it a lot now recently. Yeah. And I feel like with Turning Red and Ms. Marvel specifically. They back least, to back, yeah. It's a little much, but at least I feel like they're doing a somewhat different take. I can, well, I can appreciate that in the case of Ms. Marvel, it's not the whole plot between her and her right. mother. 
and that you're getting a lot more Pakistani culture in yes. that one. So it's like you're getting a whole deep dive. I actually think, and this is something we'll talk about when we do a Disney Plus thing, mm-hmm. reviewing it. I honestly feel like Ms. Marvel works better as a Pakistani show than it does as a superhero show. I do too. Like, like honestly, the superhero parts, I'm just like, all right, can we get back to her father? Because yeah. like I feel bad for that guy. Yeah. Her father, her interesting culture at the the yeah. the mosque mm. like the political drama over there about like their elections for who's going to be on the board of direct yeah. i was invested in that and yeah. then like she has to go and do a superhero thing i'm like well this is i've seen this yeah i'm more interested in the pakistani stuff me too because you yeah. don't really see like no we're we're men of culture yeah. some would say and yeah clearly you know, i need more pa- pakistani friends right yeah <laughs> too bad there isn't i don't know if there's a big pakistani population in Indy. i don't know i don't know <laughs> we'll go to a mosque and find out. Yeah, we'll really blend in there. <laughs> Where are you guys from? <laughs> We're just in your culture, I swear. <laughs> this Jewish guy wandering in. <laughs> I, when I was in religious studies back in the day, I went, yeah. I had to go to a mosque. And yeah, it, it was between them and the uh, I forget the Sikh temple. Yeah, two most welcoming places. I nice, think. Yeah. nice. So you want to. <laughs> I, I wasn't a Jew, so I don't know. <laughs> Not to be too but stereotypical. Like, but. Yeah, so, pulling us back to the movie, everything, ar- like, I know that that's the main thrust of the movie, but everything around that actually felt like a very well-fleshed-out movie. It's like, it wasn't just that the Korean stuff was important, right. but, like, everything around it, like, the fake boy band they made, her band of friends with their own personalities, the whole world fleshed out around it, very interesting. Yeah. And the, the raccoon red panda. That's red panda, raccoon. Raccoon. The red panda, the, the tra- Asian raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like to be called that. red trash pandas. <laughs> um, the red pandas. Uh, they like the whole transformation and the reason for it. Like, wasn't really well. Why a red panda specifically wasn't really well yeah. explained. I just but, assumed it was because she had red hair. I don't know. Well, but she only had red hair when she transitioned. Red panda. Like that, I could have done with a little more of the mythology behind it because I'm that kind of nerd. Yeah. Like. What's the story? Where, what's the significance? Is there a cultural significance to the Red Panda? Can you tell me? I don't know like, if Korea has Red Where's Josette when you need her? I know. Your Korean wife didn't say anything to me about it, so clearly I haven't picked her brain enough about this. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, just, like, there was, like, the main mm-hmm. thrust between her and her mother is a story I've seen enough that it's... I, I live that. <laughs> yeah, it's personal to her, and it had to go in the movie. I don't argue yeah. that point. I've just, I've kind of seen it in a lot now. So, like, for instance, if they did a Turning Red 2, they can't fall back on that story. They have to do something different. It has to progress forward. It has to progress forward, because I like more of the same of that, especially with Ms. Marvel, especially with other shows out there doing yeah. the same kind it's of story. Like Goldberg's? Yeah. Same thing? <clears throat> like Yeah. I mean, I'm a Jewish person. Like, the, the overbearing Jewish mother is a stereotype I've lived with my whole life. <laughs> now, my mom wasn't. But this, like, is, no, but this is the stereotype. Like, the traditional Jewish mother who wants their child to become a doctor or a lawyer and nothing else is good enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's like, I, I already know this trope well enough. It's 40 years of that. So, yeah. yeah. The guilt. It is. Oh, the guilt. <laughs> you wouldn't do this for your mother? <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, now I want to do even less. <laughs> That's not how it works, though. I know. But it's good to have, like, that sort of representation, yeah. obviously. And, I mean, uh, I guess from the perspective, like, maybe you haven't seen that before. 
how at this point. Well, I mean, I guess if you're like if you're <clears throat> head in the sand and all you watch is Disney yeah. movies, seeing that in a Pixar film, maybe that would be a revelation for you. Yeah. I don't know. I'll, and I'm, I'm part of me wonders too, in <laughs> if it's just like my my white lens because like thinking about like Encanto and like all the the more recent Disney movies yeah. where it's like all of them have overbearing parents. I wonder if it's just like something that culturally white people just because my mom was wasn't overbearing. She was just like it's like bye mom. <laughs> Your mom was dismissive if anything. And yeah. <laughs> like it, it just I wonder if maybe it's something that I can't appreciate because I didn't grow up with that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like uh, I, well, I guess. I guess if it's realistic to the culture, it's one thing. I just wonder, like, and maybe, like, none of these are a good example of it. Maybe these are all proper to the culture. Yeah. But if they're doing that because it's an easy storytelling trope to fall into. The, and that's, yeah, that's what I was trying to get yeah. at. Like, it's like, is it, how much of it is culturally significant? How much of it is just... Lazy formula? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're screenwriters at heart, the yeah. two of us. So, like... We look at that from a perspective most people aren't going to. No, that's that's true. Because yeah. we, we like to, to break down the little... So, yeah. But what's their motivation? What, wh- why are they becoming a red panda? And what does it actually signify? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my big takeaway, too. Is like, but why a red panda? Like, could it have been why? any animal? Yeah. Would, was she bitten by a radioactive panda at is one it point? just because Pixar wants to sell red panda toys? Is that what it really Which is? It's great, because I love... They're cute as hell. Yeah, so. yeah. But why not an ostrich? Like, <laughs> but yeah. Was it an allegory for communism? Like, we'll never know. Not South Korean. <laughs> I know. <laughs> The, the, the North Korean menace takes over and destroys buildings. All they really needed was their. We're back to rubber suits now. Yeah, that's again. I watched it this. Itself. Yes, we can call it the Red Scare. <laughs> I'm turning red to Red Scare. There you go. <laughs> well, I just space on that movie. Crap, but Wolverines. What's that movie? Red Heat. Red Heat. No, no, no. no, no. Uh, red, red, red Dawn. Dawn. Red, red Dawn. Dawn. Red Heat was the one red with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. As opposed to Dead Heat, which was the one about like cops that became yeah. zombies. Yeah, yeah. We know way too many '80s movies. Everyone. <gasps> well, I mean, I own all of them too. I was going to say, I appreciate you own all four of those. I have Dead Heat and Red Heat and Red Dawn, but only and the original Red October. I have that too, Ugh. but only the original Red Dawn. I'll just say I did not buy the remake. No, the remake was awful. It was I did not enjoy it. Now all I'm thinking of is a uh, <laughs> Pixar version of Red Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of it too. It's like with or with Muppets. <laughs> Everything to, that's that's our trope now is everything Muppets. needs to have Muppets with Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Just angry about being in with Muppets. <laughs> I'm Peter Dinklage, Kermit. <laughs> Gonzo, shut up. It's <laughs> like takes him and just starts beating him on the ground <laughs> like an like an elf. Oh god, that'd be great. <laughs> He's an angry elf. <laughs> anyway. Okay, I think we're good on this one. This has been Not So Live from Asteroid G. If I had an overbearing parent that made me turn into an animal, it would legitimately probably be a sloth. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just yeah. It was too dark. <sighs> nah, it's too light outside. Uh, Is that a sleep. tail or a stick? I don't know. It's gonna eat and I'm gonna sleep. You can't make me do anything. This is a life. Yeah. I have weird claw fingers. <laughs> I think that when I do pot, I have weird claw <laughs> fingers. <laughs> and you are.
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that would be better for our Witcher episode. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know, Sloth wins it. <laughs> we will see you next time.